0: Just go to Indeed.com slash Blue Wire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash Blue Wire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
1: Are you crying? No. Are you crying? Are you crying? <laughs> There's no crying. There's no crying in baseball. You think football is still fun? Uh, Yes. Yes. Sir? Yes. No. No? Sir? sir, uh, It was fun.
0: Not anymore, though, is it?
1: Is it? Uh, No, not by No, it's not fun anymore. Not not even a little bit. Just look at that. He hit the fucking ball. That gets a free (laughs) stake. You having fun yet? Oh, yeah. I'm having a blast. Thanks. Good.
2: All right. Welcome back to Big Screen Sports, the sports movie podcast brought to you by Blue Wire Podcast. I am your host, Kyle Banduho. Hope everyone had a happy holidays, Merry Christmas, happy whatever it is that that you celebrate at this time. Uh, We're not bringing you a new episode today. If you were a member of our beloved Big Screen Sports Patreon group, you would already know that uh, because the Big Screen Sports Patreon group gets episode updates. They get to vote on content. Uh, they they run the show here. So if you, you have some interest in that, go join. But uh, yeah, no new episode today. Uh, the, the week after the holidays, just just not the best week to uh, to release a podcast episode. But we do have some great stuff coming up. We'll we'll push the uh, December patrons choice into January. So we'll have that coming up. We have a couple of good director interviews coming up and then some exciting movies coming your way in January. This has been An awesome year for this podcast. I am very grateful to everyone who has listened, downloaded, subscribed, rated and reviewed. That stuff is awesome. You Spotify listeners can now put a a five-star rating out there. So that is awesome. Um, Everyone who joined us for the Ted Lasso rewatch, um, and, and participated obviously in the Patreon and, and some of the new stuff we're doing for the show. Very excited to roll this into 2022. Really looking forward to it. Uh, mentioned the Ted Lasso rewatch um, was one of you know my favorite things that I've done with this podcast. Um, bringing Alex on, Alex is the, just the best like the absolute best it's been it's been a blast i'm I'm looking forward to talking more ted lasso with her and bringing her on for more movies we just did just friends we've got a couple other exciting things in the hopper so you'll be hearing from alex on this show uh, sooner rather than later what we've got today since we just passed Christmas is the the Ted Lasso We're just going to re-release our Ted Lasso Christmas episode so if you remember if you watched Ted Lasso episode 4 of the second season they did that bottle Christmas episode which was a total surprise and incredible and it was something that my wife and I chose to watch on Christmas Eve made it a part of our Christmas tradition this year and that is going to keep up for the as long as, as long as we're watching stuff on Christmas Eve, it been a weird, th- this past week has been a weird travel week for us. We've taken, we've gone to see my grandparents for the first time in two years. I'm actually recording this from Dallas, Fort Worth, where my in-laws live. Just been, didn't get to spend a lot of time at home. Um, and, and, you know, in our own house and, and getting the Christmas spirit and the Ted Lasso Christmas episode was the first thing that we both said. We were like, this really puts us in the Christmas spirit. So wanted to re-release this. Um, if you haven't seen this episode, go, go watch Ted Lasso, just go watch Ted Lasso. You need to do it. um, and then for for anyone else, I hope uh, hope you enjoy re-experiencing this. Uh, if you didn't watch it over Christmas, go go back and watch uh, go back and watch this episode. It'll even if you're a little sad that Christmas is over, this one will will get you in the feels. Uh, so here's me and Alex talking the Ted Lasso season two episode four Christmas special, and uh, I will see you actually later this week with a uh, a director interview, director and writer interview of an upcoming sports movie. Check that one out. We'll catch you in a few days. Uh, let's get into it. Ted Lasso, season two, episode four, "Carol of the Bells." It is Christmas in Richmond. Rebecca enlists Ted for a secret mission. Roy and Keeley search for a miracle, and the Higginses open up their home. I can say definitively, when I think of Christmas TV episodes for the rest of my life, I will think of this first.
3: Oh yeah. Yeah, it's hard. Like and I've really I love Christmas and I love Christmas television and movies and you know, I have a I have an affinity for really shitty Hallmark movies. I admit that, but I don't think they're great cinema. So just leave me alone. But I really do think like it's one of my favorite Christmas episodes of all time. I can't think of a better one.
2: I I couldn't either. Um I I did one of, you know, a search, you know, greatest Christmas episodes of all time. For me the first thing I thought of was there are two office Christmas episodes. There's Benny Hanna Christmas and then there is the Christmas with with the where Michael turns Secret Santa into Yankee Swap, which is very <laughs> which is very, very funny. It leads to a very sweet moment at the end of that episode that I enjoy. But this one was and it, it aired in August and it still it hit it took me right there. I know when Jacqueline and I were watching the episode we were like, I just want it to be Christmas. But th- this was truly special.
3: I know I said I I was putting up I always put up my tree a little early like typically I'll do Halloween because I just think it's time and like last year my son his dad took him trick-or-treating which gave me the right to like stay at home and watch Hallmark Christmas movies and drink champagne and I put my tree up that night but I really think I'm going to put it up in October like you should
2: you should now you have to throw this episode on while you do it too.
3: I'm going to watch this episode so much. It's I want to say it's going to get
2: old, but it won't. I have a logistics question about what's going on with the team, though, at the beginning at this in this episode. So in the the first scene, they talk about that. They they mentioned if we win our Boxing Day match, we're, you know, Boxing Day is 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 Boxing Day Christmas Day or the it's the day after Christmas or something, right?
3: The day after. Yeah.
2: So they have a match that next day. If I if I am correct, right? Yes. They all got hammered that that night. Yeah. Soccer doesn't yeah. seem like a great sport to play hungover.
3: I yeah, I was very curious about that. I'm actually going to double check it to make sure we don't sound like idiots. Yeah,
2: we don't need the British listeners coming for us. The two
3: British <laughs> listeners are going to come for us, and I don't need that. Um, I just want to make sure. Yeah. yeah, it's a day after Christmas okay we're fine So
2: we've got hungover Richmond they need because we now see that they've played a bunch of games since the last time we saw them they they need yes. to break I guess the 500 mark and uh, they' you know Danny Rojas was was pouring that that traditional Mexican tequila beverage and looks like the whole Mexican team got after it so uh, interesting interesting stuff.
3: Yeah. I well, I just love how the premise was like, we got to be responsible, send everyone home at noon. Let's do all this now. That way they're going to be in great shape for tomorrow. They're not going to be in great shape for tomorrow. That's the irony of it. Like it's a perfect episode and I love the way it ends. They're going to be in terrible shape for tomorrow. They've all been drinking all day.
2: We just got to hope wrong, that but. the other team did the same thing. I remember. So my, oh. I think it was my sophomore year of high school. I was, not, I was not on varsity baseball that year, but I remember the playoffs of that season. The, my school played a high school that it was a Saturday morning playoff game. I think it started 11, maybe noon. The night before, that school that they were playing had had their prom, and I've never seen a more defeated-looking group of, of humans playing an athletic event like before it started. And uh, it, it, I hope it goes better for Richmond than it did for that high school.
3: I remember this very different story the day before I graduated from grad school. So I'd already graduated once. So it wasn't a big deal to me that much. But my whole family was coming into town. And I can't remember what we did. I just know like I didn't party in undergrad at all. Like I went out maybe three times total but I certainly didn't grad school. And the night before my grad school graduation, we got insane. I woke up I so late that all I had time to do was brush my teeth, put on my gown and go. And luckily, my eye makeup was still OK. <laughs> so I was like, I was smudging it in the car and like putting on lip gloss. And it was the closest I ever came. Just total embarrassment. Not the same story, but the same story.
2: Yeah. Maybe Jamie took it easy because he's the only one we don't really see. Maybe Jamie is, is going to save him in the next game. That's true. Responsible Jamie. So how we're going to do this episode, just going to break it down for the listeners, instead of going through our, our normal routine, normal categories, we're, because of how this episode is structured, we're going to do our structure a little bit differently. We're going to talk about this opening scene, great opening scene with the Secret Santa, and then we're going to talk about our separate contingents that we get in this episode, because we get Ted and, Ted and Rebecca off doing their thing, we get the Roy, Keeley, Phoebe contingent, and then we get Party at the Higgins House. So this yeah. this opening scene is interesting because after we watched the last episode has ended with this protest, Sam, you know Sam, and the rest of the team duct taping, sponsoring Dubai Air, kind of wondering what the fallout's going to be. I don't know about you, I I kind of like that we didn't have to pick back up and deal with. I don't want to say the negativity. I think the, the how we talked about it, I think how the show handled that was awesome. But it could have been like, I, I don't know. I just didn't want the stress. I like that we've we've jumped ahead a few months, few weeks, whatever, into, you know, that is it's still in that's in the past. And now we're just talking Christmas.
3: Yeah, I mean, it's a classic Christmas episode where it's almost removed from canon in a way where it's like, we're going to pause everything, all the storylines and just let this be what it is. And no, I agree. Like, it was nice. Even though you had that one moment at Higgins' house where his son is like, I thought it was so cool. Fuck those guys. <laughs> and he looks at Higgins like, yeah, fuck him. <laughs> um, you have, of course, so they like, they acknowledge it. They're not acting like it went away by any means. But it's truly reminiscent of every good Christmas special, which is we're going to kind of put everything down for a minute And just focus on how magical Christmas is.
2: Which is a great decision. Uh, Jamie not understanding how Secret Santa works is just chef's kiss. (laughs)
3: But I love... Okay, here's another thing. And I don't want to bring this episode down. I'm very worried about the amount of whiskey Ted has around him at any given time.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
3: I know we just really brought this down (laughs) quite a bit. But the fact that, number one, they're drinking whiskey in the office. He just has some scotch available to him in his cabinet to wrap up. We see him drinking scotch later at his house. He even admits to Rebecca. I know it's, it's a, a sad, sad drink. drink. He even admits to Rebecca, if you hadn't shown up, I just would have been watching It's Wonderful Life and drinking whiskey all day. I'm concerned Ted has a problem.
2: We That that could be something <laughs> that we unpack with Dr. Sharon as well. Dr. I Sharon know, was I, actually the most notable omission in this episode. She's one of the few mainstays. I know, but yeah. again...
3: It kind of fits into like what I was saying, though, of where they kind of put down everything for a minute
2: mm-hmm.
3: and just say, OK, we're just going to focus on Christmas because how would they fit her in other than, I guess, inviting her? But she's still not enough of a character that we can invest in that we don't know enough about her.
2: Yeah. So, yeah,
3: no offense, Dr. Sharon.
2: What did you think about uh, Keely's plan in this opening scene when Keely lays out what the plan for sexy Christmas is?
3: First of all, sexy Christmas is an incredible idea. Incredible I, idea. I love it. It's stylish. It outside of the sexy part, like it's a just a stylish, wonderful way to celebrate. I think I'm a big, like, I love Christmas and I'm a big person on everybody should have their own unique tradition. And when I saw that, I was like, even though I know I'm gonna be alone <laughs> on Christmas, I love to admit that to all of our podcast listeners. I know I'm gonna be alone on Christmas. I'm still going to have like a sexy Christmas tree because I think the idea is amazing. I'm going to get like a white tree.
2: You deserve a sexy Christmas.
3: Thank you. I support you you having the sexiest of
2: Christmases.
3: (laughs) Like, I doubt I'll dress up in lingerie or anything, but I'm at least going to have the white tree with like the disco ball things. And I'll have like a dirty martini. I love the aesthetic. I love the idea.
2: Yeah. I, I really admire Keely and Roy for setting that up. Um, You know, things, things don't, things don't always work, but it was a great, that was probably my favorite part of that opening scene is Keeley talking about sexy Christmas, except for when Rebecca announces that she is going to Elton John's Christmas party. And Ted hits us with hold me closer, tiny dancer, prancer, and vixen.
3: (laughs) It was very good. They're like, the puns are coming harder and faster this season. And a lot of people, as we're seeing lately, there's a lot more criticism coming out against Ted Lasso, which is fine. Not everyone's going to like everything. I'm not here saying everybody should like it. We're just, have you noticed this? We're seeing a lot more lately of these think pieces about why it's bad.
2: I was unfortunately subjected to an article of someone. it I th- I'm not going to name the publication, but saying that this, how can Ted Lasso rebound from this terrible Christmas episode? I'm not much of a fighting person, but I would, I would take up arms against, <laughs> it's just, for Ted Lasso.
3: It's one of those things. Like I firmly believe people should like what they like. And so anytime I've recommended the show to someone, it's because I, I know them enough that I believe they'll like it. I don't just go recommending it to strangers. I will put stuff about it on Twitter, but ultimately like people are going to like what they like. And if they don't like tell us, then that's fine. But I'm amazed it's taken this long for people to shit on it because it's been like a year now that we've all loved it. But where was I going with that? We're talking about Keely and Roy. Lost my place completely. (laughs) I was like this close to going on a rant.
2: Well, when you hear about someone not liking Ted Lasso, it throws you off. Because it is, this has been one of the things that is so universally beloved that there have been very few contrarian takes. And now in today's age, there's contrarian takes about everything like that is given former guests of this podcast, the freezing cold takes guy. He's made a Twitter living off this. It's true. There's just so few contrarian takes on Ted that the ones that are coming out are really sticking out like a sword. Like, honestly, it's like the if you want to be like an asshole like Skip Bayless, shitting on Ted Lasso is the way to get <laughs> some attention because there's not a whole lot of people in that space right now.
3: Yeah. And I get it. Like, some people are just joyless. And I was talking to a friend about this this week because someone I know, well, acquaintance I'm not his friend (laughs) So, someone I know locally tweeted this thing and I'm not gonna say it in case he listens but it was essentially about a meme that most people enjoy like it's funny when they see it and he was like if somebody posts this trite stupid excuse for a meme I'm like how can you be that joyless just let people have fun let people enjoy what they enjoy anyway
2: he's using the word trite that's a sign of there's a lack of joy (sighs)
3: When people say trite, I just stop listening for right. being honest, like, because usually they're not using it in good faith and they're trying to hurt someone's feelings and it pisses me off. But anyway, back to the beautiful scene with Roy and Keeley. So they're prepared for sexy Christmas and it turns out it's not going to be such a sexy Christmas after all. Sad. Because, because Sad. why? That's I was setting you up.
2: Oh, OK, so let's <laughs> quick ad break and then we'll get into Sexy Christmas. OK, so we've got Keely setting up for Sexy Christmas. Thank- yes. Sexy Christmas looks sexy. Juno Temple looks incredible in this scene. The house amazing. looks amazing. Yeah, she's preparing drinks. She's got the music on. And then there is there is dear sweet Phoebe. Sitting at the door, Phoebe having a tough day. The Kent family had an incredible come up because apparently Roy's sister is a surgeon of some sort. And Roy is a yeah. very famous football player. Like that's an that's yes. an all all English family.
3: Well, it also explains to because there are some people I see on the Internet that are like, why is Phoebe always with Roy? Like, where are the parents? My guess is it's a single mother situation just because you never hear about her dad, but I could be wrong. And it's one of those situations where, like, if she's in surgery, Roy is the person who has to step in. And so, yeah, so Phoebe shows up. She's bummed. At first, you think she's bummed because she's missing Christmas with her mom. And then she says, someone's mean to me. And Roy starts grunting and is very mad she's like, his name is Bernard. And Roy says, who the fuck is Bernard? And she pulls out this beautifully wrapped box, opens it up, and inside is a toothbrush and toothpaste and Listerine, like mouthwash. And Keeley says, why did he give you this? And she's like, because he said my breath was rancid. But if you ever get it before, like when they first wake up in the morning or they've just eaten like onions or something, like, yeah, kids can have bad breath. So that's what you're expecting, right? So Keeley's like, Come on, Phoebe, give me a smell, and she smells and starts gagging. And Roy is immediately mad at her. I was like, "Oi, you're gonna make her feel worse." And then we have the funniest scene I've ever seen on Ted Lasso, maybe ever, where he's like, "Come on, I've been in locker rooms with men for twenty years. I promise you, I smelled worse." Phoebe blows or breathes on his face. Roy's eyes starts to twitch, <laughs> and he says, "I think you might be dying." <laughs>
2: It's an incredible. This has been Roy's season so far. He took kind of a break last episode. He's been, I mean, spoil He's my favorite <laughs> character of this episode. But like, protective Roy is also a fucking king. Love the love it's the incredible. growling. Love the the anger at the end of the episode between him when it, when they go to visit Bernard. But that perform that that comedic that just like it was physical comedy. Really, I'm dying like, to see e- the outtakes. Yeah, everything in his. Everything in his in his face is just incredible. I also something I loved about this part is Roy and Keeley are such a healthy couple that they roll off the disappointment of not having sexy Christmas yeah. so so well. They both take it in complete stride. They decide on sexy twenty eighth, the the sexiest of days. Sexiest they, of days. Yeah, and they just roll right into attending to Phoebe's needs. It is what a healthy, healthy couple. It's amazing.
3: It's a healthy relationship because if you're in a happy, healthy situation, sure, there are going to be letdowns, but ultimately you can make any day sexy Christmas and ultimately you can make anything work. And it's just a testament to what they're showing us about how a healthy relationship works, because if you're so caught up in we can't do it on Christmas day, then you're missing the whole damn point. The point is for the two of you. And so they just work it out. They're like, okay, December 28th. Now let's go fix my niece's terrible breath and go find a dentist.
2: I love the concept of walking through the neighbor, the posh neighborhood <laughs> and just finding and just ended up finding a dentist.
3: I know. And they do. And it's gorgeous. And she gets prescription medication. Cause she finds out like she's been taking antihistamines because she's allergic to cats and they got a new cat. And lo and behold, our guy from the first episode who stops Ted on the plane and says, can I get an ussie It's his family. It's his mom, presumably who's the dentist.
2: Shout out to the Usie guy. The show doesn't forget about people. No. Is there anyone never. from the first season who is super important besides Rupert that we have not, not touch base with at some point this season?
3: No, no. And the only one I would I think unless I'm wrong is Jane, but Jane's like a head writer on the show. Yes. So and she is clearly having a tumultuous relationship with Beard.
2: We yeah, we <laughs> at least like, yeah, we at least know that Jane is around and they had a very interesting yeah. Christmas that the off screen. Very curious yeah. about how that went. That what was it, a pagan ritual. We'll never ritual?
3: know. <laughs> <laughs> the pagan ritual at Stonehenge. It's like we're gonna go as friends because we we bought tickets already.
2: And then Roy and Keeley redeem the second worst part of Love Actually. Are you a Love Actually fan, Alex?
3: Okay. Let me just, all right, look. (laughs) Like, I was 16 in 2002. Of course I was a Love Actually fan. You had every British guy who was beautiful in it. It was gorgeous. I was an idiot. I'm not saying it's a bad movie now. I'm saying with age, I realize kind of how much bullshit is in it the way they kind of treat women, just like Hugh Grant's girl, how they called her fat the whole time. And she was beautiful and like just so much that was not okay (laughs) that we would not be okay with now, but I do watch it every year. There's something I'm telling you, there's romance in Christmas. There's a reason I love those shitty Hallmark movies because there's this idea that even if you're alone on Christmas, that just maybe something could happen for you. And I think that's magical and there's magic in that. And the fact that there's one time of year where it's like anything could happen. Yeah, so that's my long answer to say, of course I love Love Actually.
2: So I didn't see, see Love Actually, didn't see Love Actually until Adolph, until Jacqueline and I were actually together. She hadn't seen it either. And we rented the movie and we are like, this is gonna be great. It's, we you know, because Love Actually has all the hype. And then keep getting let nope. down by people. I, I had nope. seen the I had seen the meme with you know the sign thing that gets replicated at the end of this episode, and I had always assumed yes. that that was a very romantic moment. Instead, it's just the creepiest, shittiest thing on the face of the earth. Only it's to be outdone by true King Alan Rickman, someone who I love dearly and miss. Being the worst husband on the planet. Sorry if you haven't seen Love Actually yet, but I'm I just want to let people it's know too late
3: for spoilers. It's been 20 years. Yeah. You can let people know.
2: Like lean into what's going on with Liam Neeson and a very young guy whose name I can't remember, but was in the Queen's Sam. Gambit and very good. Yes. Sam. And and wait, yeah, lean into that stuff. I can't remember wait, his the, he's he's a Sam. three name guy.
3: Well, now I gotta go back and watch the Queen's Gambit, but no, you're right. Like, you're a newlywed. Imagine if this Christmas (laughs) there's a knock at the door and your best friend is standing outside with poster (laughs) boards saying how much he loves your wife.
2: It's not what you want. And it was Thomas Brody (laughs) Sangster, who was the kid in love, actually, who is now in the Queen's Gambit, did a very good job, did not want to not shout him out. I'm sure he's listening. I'm sure he's British listener number three.
3: Definitely. But it's just like, and then your wife goes out and kisses your best friend just for posterity. You think, is that romantic to you? That is
2: not, <laughs> that is not what I want. And so, this <laughs> move in this show, this Ted Lasso saved love actually. It, it, that, that meme Fair. of that guy outside with the signs has now been redeemed because it is Phoebe getting an apology that she very much deserves from a boy that made her mad. It's Roy growling at this guy. And then at the end they're walking away and Fairy Tale of New York plays, which is a Ugh. wonderful, wonderful song.
3: Wonderful song. And
2: if the if the episode had just been that, if it had been the first scene of Secret Santa and then it had been all about Roy Keeley and Phoebe, that would have been a banger of an episode.
3: Here's what I want to say to our two British listeners. <laughs> and if we have any other my dream is to go to the UK for Christmas. I don't care where I just, maybe not this Christmas cause COVID, but like if someone would just be in charge of my itinerary, I'm not asking you to pay for me. I'm saying like, I want to do this. And if you're willing to help me have like the ultimate UK experience, please do that because that's what this show made me want to do was just go to the UK for Christmas.
2: So you're saying if hypothetically there was a charming British cottage that you could <gasps> swap, you could swap with. Yes. And that woman's brother is Jude mm-hmm. Law at, at probably his sexiest.
3: Yes, objectively, what? objectively. That's it, it. Is also
2: single dad Jude Law. So he's got oh the, he's God. got the kids thing too. Objectively, go if there was someone whose house you could swap with, you'd be in for that.
3: One hundred percent. So if anyone knows, any two of our British listeners, <laughs> if we have anyone from any part of the UK. Like Scottish, Irish, I don't care. Northern Irish, I don't, I don't, I don't care. Just whatever.
2: Let's anyway. kick it over to a, a part of this episode that was a little, a little more. At least the beginning of it. The beginning of this part was a little more sad. And Ted, how Ted starts out Christmas. The yes. The, he loses Sam to the drone. Sam is that his is that his name? Sam. Henry. Henry. Henry.
3: Sam Obasanya but Henry yeah. Lawson.
2: Yeah, so he's having the Zoom Christmas and then he is drinking whiskey and watching It's a Wonderful Life. That's not the that's not the the movie when you're that's not that's not it. That ain't it.
3: Drinking whiskey straight, mind you, which is what we've seen him do since last season as a whiskey drinker. That's not something you do casually. You don't drink whiskey straight casually. It's not like, hey, Six months ago, I had some whiskey. Let me have some more. Let me drink it. Like, that's a lot. And that's what I'm really scared. That's what we're going to uncover, is that he's drinking to cover his notions. That doesn't matter right now. But, yeah, he's watching the worst possible movie. And then he gets a rap on the window. And who is it? Rebecca, looking amazing in a newsboy hat. Paperboy Looking hat? fantastic.
2: What do Hannah you call Waddingham? that hat? Hannah uh,
3: Waddingham. News, newsboy.
2: News, paperboy. Newsboy-ish, pa- uh, newsboyish paperboy hat. <laughs> one of them someone we're great at this, this show this. We're so we're so good I'm so so glad people are listening to us stumble over all these terms but she Let's is Google it. Rebecca is looking amazing and she is there to save Ted's Christmas this is this might be the most I, I can't even say that I was about to say this might be the most endearing part of the episode and I can't pick it over because there's a bunch That's of endearing parts true. of this episode but it is it's really wonderful that she comes and rescues Ted from sad Christmas she knows what's going on. They walk past that that acoustic cover of Last Christmas Bangs. I'm ready to put that in number two in the power rankings of versions of Last Christmas right behind the queen, Carly Rae Jepsen, who has an incredible version of Last Christmas.
3: I agree with that. The, he's right, though, from what I've seen, because I haven't been there. But the buskers they have in Britain, really impressive. Yeah. Really impressive.
2: Yeah, between that and Cam Cole in season one. I know that a lot of talent on the streets.
3: Yep. A <laughs> lot of talent on the streets. You heard it here first.
2: I have a question about the the gift, the the charity, the charitable gifts they were giving. It when Rebecca and Ted show up at the door and the the mom is like, well, you know, what do you you know, what do you what do you guys want? And then they explain and they're there. They've got her letter. They they deliver the gifts. It's very sweet. Did the mom not know they were coming? Like it hurts my heart to think about that mom sitting there all day wondering if like that letter I sent is, is going to pay off. Like I, I've, I started thinking about that a little deeper on rewatch and I was like, Oh
3: yeah. I have no idea that bothered me too, because I didn't know. I thought and initially I thought they were going to deliver like one present to each house mm-hmm. or something. The fact that it was a whole sack of gifts and the mom reacted with gratitude, but she didn't seem like overwhelmed, which made me think like, this was just an extra thing, but the fact that we have no background on on what happened, I don't know. It's sad, but I mean, it was very sweet. It's not to take away from what it was, but I am curious about: is it a program with Richmond? Is it something that Hannah just Hannah that Rebecca just did on her own for years? Where she, how do you intercept Santa letters?
2: I don't know. That's the thing. The <laughs> mom had to have sent the letter, but I did some some background research. Uh, the writer of this show, the writer of this episode, uh, Ashley Nicole Black, said that Love she her. she and Sedacus would participate in, in this same charity, uh, the same kind of thing stateside. Quote, Jason is also involved, and that's how Jason and I first met. Every year at Second City, we would do this thing called 24 Hours of Improv, where improvisers and comedians from around the country come to Chicago and do a 24-hour long show and collect donations. According to Black, funds raised from this event are you similarly to the way Rebecca and Ted gave, gave back to the kids in London? I love that. Love them.
3: It's very love, sweet. love
2: that for everyone.
3: I did love their whole thing and their whole interaction and the fact that she didn't seem to care about Elton John.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have, I have a huge... Regarding the Elton John thing, though, I have one more big question. What? What do you think Daniel Craig and Rachel Wise's <sighs> puppet show is like? <laughs> I, mean, I would be I would be highly interested because I would think that Daniel Craig would be doing his characters Benoit Blanc from knives out. I feel like all his puppets would talk in, in very terrible strange southern accents.
3: Terrible Southern accents. I would hope so. But I love how blunt Rebecca was. She's like, all I really want to do is watch them fuck.
2: And just like, yeah. Yeah.
3: You you go, girl. <laughs> like, whatever. Yeah, it was kind of funny. And then we get into the Higgins dinner. And you remember at the beginning, he said, we open our house to anyone who wants to come. We usually get about two people. Mind you, and I texted you this this week, Higgins's wife in the show is his real-life wife, is Jeremy Swift's real-life
2: wife. Which makes it even better. So
3: much better, y'all.
2: It's the actual Higginses.
3: It's the actual Higginses, And I just imagine that's how their Christmases go. And like, it. Honestly, it just made me cry because I miss Christmases like that where you open the presents and everybody's got, you know, you've got the cheese and crackers and the wine and that's to hold you over until the dinner. And of course, it's a lovely scene where it's much more than two. The whole team shows up, each with a dish from their native land.
2: Danny Rojas trying to get the whole squad drunk. Just
3: wants them all drunk. (laughs) And the fact that they have to use like the surfboard and a pool table to extend their table so everybody can fit. And it's like one of the most heartwarming things I've seen because they all just felt so comfortable there. And at no point did the Higginsons say, Oh, this is way too much. They were just like, well, we have plenty of food and drink. We just have to figure out where they can sit. That is just the definition of hospitality. That's the definition of the Christmas spirit. And that made me cry. I think more than anything.
2: Well, I think it glassing. speaks to the, <laughs> I think it speaks to the Ted effect. That's the team chemistry. Because yeah. Higgins said every you know, every you know, they get a couple players every year. This team, like we saw them in Secret Santa with Isaac holding court as cool Santa. This team likes to spend time with each other. Yeah. And it's we I mean, we get almost, you know, we get almost the entire team over there. Precious Sam, uh arriving first, but you get all, you know, everyone in. I love I love a shootout parody, like a, a parody of a movie. I love that, that scene where Danny and the goalkeeper are, are playing Nerf, the Nerf shootout war yeah. that hit a very particular niche for me. Like I <laughs> love when it's like the, uh, there's an episode of community where there's paintball on campus. I love yes. parodies of of like funny shootouts and that, that hit it for me. I loved watching Danny and them play Nerf war with the Higgins kids.
3: It was beautiful. And then playing like soccer and the video games and it was just everybody blended together. But right, you know, I haven't thought about it much until we talked about this. Where was Jamie?
2: I'm. I like to think Jamie's mom has not passed away. Right? He didn't. He. He's. He. When he was putting his 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 boots in the trash can when they were burning stuff, I don't think he said any. I don't think he said anything about his mom passing away. I. I would like to think he spent it with her.
3: But are we to assume that they're divorced because his dad is terrible and his dad's. I
2: I, I feel like that. Yeah, yeah. Because I think he says something along the lines of his dad started coming around when Jamie got good at soccer. So I would like to think that he spent it with his mother and they talked about things.
3: Well, now I'm sad. (laughs) (laughs) This has really hit me just now and I'm I'm like, dang it. I care about Jamie. How did this happen?
2: I know. I I thought it was an interesting choice to not to not bring him in. The last we see of Jamie is when he's they wrap the Secret Santa gift for him, and then he says, "God bless me, everyone." God or bless excuse me. me, God God bless me, <laughs> God everyone. <laughs> bless me, <my>, everyone. <laughs> but again, we the thing we know about the show is it does everything on purpose. I know there there is specific reason that they didn't bring Jamie to that that team Christmas. And again, most of the, I think most of the players in that team Christmas were foreign. I don't think any of the, it was the guys from France and the guys from Nigeria and Danny from, from Mexico. I, th- if I remember correctly, if, you, if we go back, I think it's everyone who's foreign. Cause that's what, that's what Higgins said. He invites the players who are away from home. So I, I think that, I think that's, I think that's where it was. So they, since they can't go home because they play tomorrow, violently hung over.
3: That's true. true. I don't want to know what happened at that game. That's going to be bad. And then we have...
2: I don't know if you're ready for this. Are you you ready to talk about how this episode ends? I'm ready. What is your favorite Christmas
3: song? (laughs) Baby, Please Come Home is the perfect, the perfect Christmas song. She used to sing it on David Letterman every year. It was a very popular song decades ago. And actually... I am partially wrong about this, but the general story goes, and I know I'm going to get someone correcting me in my DMs, is that Dave himself wondered where she went because she was such a big deal. And she had some Christmas hits and other hits and found her working as either a housekeeper or a janitor somewhere. And she was kind of forgotten. And he brought her on his show every Christmas to sing this song. And it's incredible. It is the best Christmas song ever. And I prayed, and I prayed, and I prayed that they would play it in the episode, and then they played it at the end of the episode, and it was great.
2: With Hannah Waddingham singing it, too, who is a powerhouse.
3: What kills me, and I'm sure you noticed this, as soon as they're all sitting at the table and they realize, oh like Rebecca and Ted and some buskers out there. All of a sudden they grab their instruments. Like Higgins walks out with his bass and then you have like a saxophone. Like they were ready for it. And I didn't care. It was incredible. It was the most perfect way to end the show ever. And it's the greatest Christmas song of all time.
2: And the show ends with Santa flying overhead too. Which
3: is cheesy, but like I get it if you like Santa.
2: <laughs> it, I mean, it, it worked. It worked for the show. They had me... They had me so suckered in and so emotional like
0: Higgins because
2: remember that that child of Higgins's was having a conversation yes. about Santa with Sam. And of, exactly. of course, Sam, of course, Sam knew exactly what to say. Uh, and it. I mean, a flawless ending to the show, a flawless Christmas. I mean, I was stunned because we, we had the anticipation for Christmas in Richmond. We saw it in the trailer. We saw the high Ted thing this I mean, shattered my expectations.
3: Same. And I love Christmas. Like, I love it so much. It's irrational. And now this is just going to add to it. So, Mm
2: -hmm. oh, well, but it's going to, this is going to be a great Christmas tradition to add, like watching the Ted Lasso Christmas episode. It's going to be wonderful. It's going to be wonderful. The, I mean, to wrap with any, anything about the next episode, we really have no indication about what's going to happen besides the, the, Besides the plot, besides what they, you know, what they say in the episode summary. So this episode doesn't really leave you with with many questions.
3: No, but that's OK. We'll find out what goes on next week and we'll just keep suffering and rejoicing and it'll be fine.
2: We will. We will. <laughs> what a what a wonderful episode, Alex, as always. Thank you so much for joining me talking about Ted Lasso. Where can the folks find you and check out for the win?
3: Uh, um, You can find me at. For the win at for the win on Twitter, ftw.usatoday.com. Or you can follow me at Alex McDaniel on Twitter and Instagram.
2: And if you enjoyed this episode of Big Screen Sports, subscribe wherever you get your podcast, rate, leave a review. Tell us what you're thinking about the Ted Lasso season two rewatch. Uh, we'll be back on Monday with a special episode. Don't wanna don't wanna jinx it, haven't recorded it yet. And then Alex and I will be back on Thursday talking episode five of Ted Lasso, and we'll catch you then. Thanks for listening.